1948, the people in the British colony of Newfoundland faced a choice. They could become an independent dominion within the British Empire, or they could vote to join Canada in Confederation. The anti-Confederates are not going to get away with it. But St. John's was an anti-Confederate headquarters. Watch in particular the attractive bait which will be held out to lure our country into the Canadian mousetrap. Listen to the Stories Behind the History podcast for our special series, How Did Newfoundland Join Canada? Available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is the Secret Life of Canada Crash Course. Just a little bit of history. Hey, Leah. Hey, Phelan. So today, I wanted to talk to you about Mohawk ironworkers. Okay, I've heard of them. They're construction workers or... Actually, you know what? You need to tell me about them. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, they kind of are like construction workers. You're you're not far off. Okay. So iron workers, they work with iron, uh, but that can mean a lot of things. It can be, you know, anything from building structures like bridges or things like bank vaults or mm. even towers or like amusement park rides. Like roller coasters? Like roller coasters. And such. Okay. Yep. Cool. And many people who actually enter this field happen to be Mohawk people. Oh, okay. I don't have the Mohawk uh, ironworker gene, although some members of my family do do it. Shout out to uh, my cousin. Shout out um, to Phil's cousin. <laughs> um, so many people trace the reason why Mohawk people go into the field back to 1886. And this is when the Canadian Pacific Railroad was planning to construct a bridge across the St. Lawrence River near Ganawage in Quebec. The land that they were actually going to build this bridge on uh, was reserve land. And so CP Rail and the Dominion Bridge Company, who was the general contractor on the project, they offered jobs to the men of Ganawage. Okay, so the people there wanted the bridge to be built so they could have that work, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like, you know, we'll let you build the bridge here if you give us the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And remember, this is 1886, so just 10 years after the Indian Act was put into place. So work, yeah, hard it to kind of come, come by. by. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And so the company hired men from Ganawage to work on the bridge, and they quickly realized that, you know, these Mohawk guys were really good at working on the steel. Mm-hmm. Many of the workers were particularly interested in riveting. It, it, it was the most dangerous job that you could do in ironworking. Um, it's, you know, was really high up and disorienting. I Actually, I, I found this quote from um, a Dominion Bridge Company official. They would climb up into the spans and walk around up there as cool and collected as the toughest of our riveters. They seemed immune to the noise of the riveting, which goes right through you, and is often enough in itself to make newcomers to construction feel sick and dizzy. It wasn't a job for the faint of heart. You would be up high, it would be loud, and these guys weren't tied off. Tied off? So tied off means that they weren't tied to the structure or, yeah, yeah, they weren't secured. So, you know, they could fall off. Uh, Being tied off is basically fall protection. And I'm sure you've seen ironworking in pictures. I think of that one um, famous picture, Lunch Atop a Skyscraper, Mm -hmm. where there's all those guys and they're eating lunch and they're sitting on a beam high above the New York skyline. 
Yeah, I've seen that. And those guys eating their lunch up there, I mean, they just look so casual. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the thing is about that picture, I think, is it's become such a meme, you know, those guys. Yes. Like I've seen those guys with the Muppets. I've seen those guys with Drake. And most recently, the Bernie Sanders mitten picture that's been making the rounds (laughs) all over the place. And whoever did it did an excellent Photoshop job. Because I didn't even realize he was in that picture until I looked really, really closely. Very, very good. Yeah. And, you know, one of the men one of the men in that picture is said or rumored to be Mohawk, Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of hard to prove because none of their names were written down. Of course. Yeah. But what you will notice in that picture is that none of those men are tied off while they just casually eat their lunches in the sky. I wouldn't be eating my lunch. Something else would be happening to my lunch, if you know what I mean, if I was up there. I I completely agree. I could not. Yeah, I would not. No. The sidewalk would be a mess is what I'm saying. You guys get it. Yes. I'd be throwing up is what I'm saying as I would be throwing up. Okay. 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 You get it. You get it. You get it. So after the completion of the bridge in Ganawage, um, the men of the community were hired to do other ironworking projects. Mm -hmm. You know, they were so good at it that companies were like, yeah, let's get these guys to do it. They're amazing. And in 1907, some of the men from the community were hired to work on a bridge pretty close to where they lived. The Quebec Bridge was being constructed 10 kilometers south of Quebec City, and on August 29th, disaster struck. The men were finishing up their day's work when the bridge collapsed, killing 76 men, 33 of which were from Ganawage. The noise of the crashing bridge was so loud that many in Quebec City thought that there had been an earthquake. Some of the men's remains were actually never found. The accident devastated many families from the community, widowing many women and leaving children fatherless. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, it was a big blow for the community. Um, And some of the men, you know, from the community, from Ganawage, they were deterred from entering the trade of ironworking while others persisted. Women in the community demanded that not all the men work on the same job. So if an accident were to happen like that again, the impact on Ganawage wouldn't be as disastrous. You know, it reminds me actually a lot of like stories of miners um, and, yes. and mining. Yeah. It's the similar mm-hmm. thing of like mm-hmm. not everyone's going down on the same day yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So the community still remembers their descendants who passed. Um, There are monuments to the fallen men at the site of the bridge and in Ganawage. Um, And there's actually a really great video from Ganawage TV where the men's names are listed and and it shows the 100-year memorial ceremonies um, that the community put together. And it's actually, it's really quite moving. Well, we'll link to all of that in our social media so you guys can check it out, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So many of the men from the community and other Haudenosaunee communities, communities with Mohawk people, entered the trade, um, you know, from places like Akwesasne or Ganasatage or Six Nations. Maybe I've never really heard like that a trade is taken up by, you know, an entire nation like this or entire group of people like that they connect to it so much. It's really interesting. It just seemed like from the jump they had a different relationship to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they just took to it like, you know, fish and water. It's pretty interesting. So by the 20s, there were more and more of these men from these communities um, and, you know, taking up ironworking. And they would be called to work across the country and beyond. But there was a special need for ironworkers in New York. And why was that? Well, there was actually a pretty big boom happening there. And the Mohawks answered the call. 
By the 60s, there were about 800 Mohawk ironworkers and their families in the metropolis. And there was even an area that was um, in the city of New York that was dubbed Little Ganawage, which I just love. Um, and next time we can go places, I'm so going to New York and I'm going to go to Little Ganawage. I've even read articles that there were stores in and around Little Ganawage that used to stock cornmeal so the Mohawk families could make something close to a traditional boiled cornbread. Amazing. It sounds like they were really present in the city, you know, like really part mm-hmm. of the the lifeblood of the city. Yes. Um, there was actually even a bar called the Wigwam Bar. I mean, we didn't, Haudenosaunee people didn't live in wigwams, but yeah, yeah. You know, it you was get the, the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone you know. <laughs> was very incorrect at that yes. time. Yes. So over this bar uh, in Little Ganawagi, apparently there was a sign that read, The greatest iron workers in the world pass through these doors. And Mohawk iron workers are largely responsible for the New York skyline in its entirety. You know, they built a ton of iconic buildings, buildings like the Empire State Building, the George Washington Bridge, the United Nations, 30 Rock, the Lincoln Center, and the World Trade Center. I did not know all of this. I know. Like the Twin Towers or the new one post 9-11? Well, actually actually both. Um, And they were even present on September 11th, 2001, when the Twin Towers fell. Mohawk ironworkers volunteered and went to the site to sift through the wreckage. You know, they had put that building together, so they knew how to take it apart, and they understood it in a way that, you know, very few could. Their contributions were really valuable in the recovery effort of 9-11. Hmm. Hmm. It's really moving. It makes my heart feel away. It's just something about, like, we put it together so we know mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. know what it looks mm-hmm. like broken apart is kind of, mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah, it gives yeah. me goosebumps. And there have been books written about Mohawk iron workers. Artwork has been made. I've seen there's um, you know, beautiful paintings. I've seen um helmets, iron worker helmets that have been mm. turned into pieces of art. Um, there are exhibitions celebrating the work and contributions of these Mohawk men and now women who have entered the field. I was gonna ask. I yeah, was gonna ask. Yeah. There are there women, are women entering the field now. Very um, cool. Definitely. And in 2018, there was actually uh, an exhibition called Skywalkers, a portrait of the Mohawk iron workers at the World Trade Center at the National September 11th Memorial and Museum in New York. Basically, you know, they were honored. They were honored for their contributions um, for the building of the building, but also the recovery effort. Mm. Um, And so you can see pictures of the men there, you know, who were there for the rescue. I mean, next time that I can go to New York, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so going to go here and, and, you know, I think feel it in a different way. Because while I knew some of this stuff, I didn't know it sort of on this level. Yeah. I don't even have to go all the way to New York to feel this contribution because I think I could just like drive over a bridge or, Mm -hmm. you know, go up into a tall building and look out a window of a skyscraper or ride a roller coaster. And I can thank a Mohawk iron worker. And I will thank all of them from the ground looking up because I don't like heights, but I (laughs) hugely appreciate that contribution. It's a really cool little piece of history that I I just I didn't know. So thanks for uh, thanks for doing that work, friend. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.